Hello, and welcome to the Plus One podcast, where we discuss diversity and inclusion in our workplaces at the University of Melbourne. I'm your host, Meadow Punada, Senior Lecturer in Management and Marketing at the Faculty of Business and Economics, University of Melbourne. In this episode, we host Melissa Laird, Associate Professor, Academic Director, Curriculum and Transformation, and Deputy Head of School at the Melbourne School of Professional and Continuing Education, or MSpace. I talked to Melissa about her work at MSpace across the university on diversity and inclusion, especially Indigenous affairs and including them into curriculum design. This episode was recorded on the land of the Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung and Bunurong peoples. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Alrighty. Hello, Melissa. How are you today? I'm well, Meadow. How are you? Very well, thank you. Did you have a good week? I had a great week. I always have a good week. Awesome. That's so good to hear. Did you, did you get much done this week? What was the highlight of the week, if you don't mind sharing? I think the highlight of the week has been working with my co-chair Indigenous of the Reconciliation Network Committee, planning a hosting event on Monday about the Indigenous history of Melbourne, which is a contested tricksy history. So that's been a highlight this week, planning what our questions will be and so on. Oh, wow, cool. So I, I gather you'll brief us through that as, as the conversation goes on, right? I'd love to. Awesome. I look forward to it. So for myself and the audience, uh, please just provide a brief introduction or an extended, uh, however you would like to do it. And then about your background, types of activities you have been doing. I understand you have been doing a lot of art-related activities. So let us know about that and your diversity and inclusion activities and roles. (laughs) How long have we got? Um, Thank you. So I'm Associate Professor Melissa Laird, and it's a real privilege to be here on what is effectively Sorry Day. My role at the university, I'll begin with, um, is as co-chair non-Indigenous of the Reconciliation Network Committee and I work very closely with my warrior colleague, Indigenous co-chair Rebecca Quinn in that capacity. I have the privilege to be um, acting head of school at MSpace currently, the Melbourne School of Professional and Continuing Education, where I really engage with how we can transform learners' experiences of, uh, in a lifelong learning capacity. Uh, I believe in the power of education to change our lives. Um, And as you say, I do have a creative and performing arts background. I'm also Academic Director of Curriculum and Transformation. And in that role, I work across faculties to build, to support academics to build um, learning assets that are fit for purpose, that are connected to industry, and that really engage with creative and performing arts for embodied learning that sticks, you know, so... Learners are really in the space, feeling stuff, uh, doing, making, becoming, as Dewey says, the best possible versions of themselves um, and for their own skills uplift in their industry and career trajectory. So lifelong teacher from seven generations of Scottish teachers before me. Yeah. So your education is powerful. Uh, I will begin with my positionality. So I acknowledge that we're on country, wherever we are in Australia, um, and I pay respects to the Wiradjuri elders, um, past and present, on whose land I engage and share knowledges and stories as we are this morning, adding to the complex um, stories and dances and songs that have been undertaken on country 
well, since the dawn of time for more than 65,000 years. And in acknowledging country, I also acknowledge that I, I bring um, respect for Indigenous knowledges, creative practices and diplomacies to my work and through my communities. And I've forgotten your question. Um, you mentioned something <laughs> about that um, you have got a Scottish background. Scottish background, positionality, thank you. I have settler origins from Scotland, and so I come to country with an art practice, um, visual communications practice, a material culture, scholar practitioner, they call me, so I look at objects that tell stories in my work and education. That's fantastic. Can you give me a bit more information about you told me that your background is in arts how arts and objects in arts are relevant to diversity and inclusion matters and how it would translate in your different leadership roles that you have in the university so my my work has been quite interesting in that I have a background in material culture and art practice but I've had I've held senior academic leadership roles and quality assurance and governance roles. So I sit on the um, academic boards of the National Arts School in Sydney and um, the Australian Institute of Music in Sydney. So my practice, I guess, um, and my background in creative thinking and making means that basically I'll, I'll, I'll make making lunch a creative practice if given the opportunity to do so. And I think that those approaches to thinking broadly, thinking in, in an embodied way, thinking about how your actions and beliefs, the things you make, in, are empathetic reactions and responses to others, um, certainly drives how I work at MSpace, how I work with our Diversity Inclusion Committee, with which I'm co-chair with the wonderful Sam Hasty. So, yeah, I think being an artist and an academic um, together is quite a, a beautiful way to see the world. I think I'm quite lucky. I think we've got a, and a Scottish Enlightenment background where scientists would bring the artist into the room. And uh, I like being a sort of strategic disruptor. If there's someone that's going to blow up the academy, our colleagues sitting in the room with us and I would be probably fairly strong advocates for the role. Yeah, seeing the world differently uh, and inclusively is important to me in my work. Yeah, I could imagine that. And and in your role, you mentioned about uh, you are going to have an Indigenous event, Indigenous related event soon. Can you elaborate on that? What is that about? And what in particular um, type of Indigenous activities you do? For Sorry um, Reconciliation Week this week, we're showing the film In My Blood It Runs for our um, staff and holding a Q&A afterwards. As learning designers and people that create learning assets, that film is particularly pertinent. And uh, I'd suggest if you haven't seen it or anyone listening hasn't seen it to to engage with that film and really deeply understand the differences in ways in which we can educate young people particularly but right through our university sector as well by decolonizing the structures in which we create learning opportunities so one of the projects that I'm doing down at M-Space is uh, de- trying to decolonise the place. I spoke about blowing up the academy in the nicest possible way, but rebuilding it with more access to um, Indigenous knowledges, creative practices, um, looking at the diplomacies required when dealing with our Indigenous colleagues and friends and families, um, thinking about how we learn, where we learn, 
what case studies we're using, being inclusive of Indigenous case studies, Indigenous businesses when we're holding conferences, and to be led through that with um, Indigenous consultation. So we're, we're working with a young... Sorry, I shouldn't be... One thing I will say, I will self-correct my language, and if listeners have, would like to engage afterwards about words or terminologies or approaches or attitudes, I'm really open to that. So I will self-correct as part of my philosophy for continuing to learn. So I won't say a young PhD, because everyone's younger than I am. Um, A a PhD student, uh, Justin Wilkie, who'll be helping us guide the um, decolonising project for M-Space and indigenising curriculum project, where we're just looking to be more inclusive for without culturally appropriating Indigenous knowledges, but being more open to the beauty and power of what's there with our um, that can be offered from our Indigenous colleagues and friends in that space. So in that way, I am an ally, so I work beside um, our Indigenous colleagues and an advocate when given permission to do so. And interestingly, when you've been in leadership roles, especially as a woman where we've and in creative arts, we've really had to fight for everything um uh to be welcomed into the academy as a creative pr- practitioner as you know as a woman in a leadership role all of that's that good point, yeah. um so many battles that's right but so i have big energy and uh, my colleague rebecca said you know when you're in an indigenous space you need to pull your energy in you know like step back be quiet and so my learning in that space has been to deeply listen and to be still and not jump to the decisions. You know, the creative thinker comes up problem-solving, you know. That's not my place to do that. And I have to listen deeply and be still, pull my energy in and give the space for the Indigenous voice to be, of which I'm a supporter, uh, as is the university, the voice to parliament. Um, so that's been a, a, a lesson too, a personal, professional lesson in engagement in this space as well. So there's many other things we're doing at M-Space in terms of our decolonising, well, curriculum and and the environment. We're looking to make M-Space a culturally safe space, so working with um, our colleagues, Indigenous colleagues, to create that by thinking is the reputation of University of Melbourne Sound by Indigenous community... Um, is M space seen as a safe space to be? What? And these principles have been. Div- there's five principles um, that we're working to um, to articulate through M space that have been based on the work of Dr. Christine Elevens and Jolene Hicks. So, yeah, we 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 think we're doing good work, but we continue to to step, think, ask, inquire change when we get feedback take one step back take two steps forward in a different direction so my self-correcting language is also self-correcting as I try and navigate spaces that aren't my spaces this is not my country I'm a settler from Scotland Scottish descent and I trade carefully and with respect Um, and it's not always easy to get it right and I'm happy to be told no, it's not like that. You can't do that. Ah, cool. Thank you. Um, one of the greatest gifts 
has been in the last, well, since I joined the university in July 2019, was by um, Associate, Associate Dean of Indigenous Turikionis, a Yorta Yorta man, who gave me permission to step into space and make mistakes, as long as I listened and That's beautiful. tried to correct. Oh, Turkey's close to my heart. Um, and, and that really, uh, and he gave that permission, if you like, to all of M space as well. Um, that one of the greatest tragedies of the last, say, 30 years is that we've been all so scared of getting it wrong that we've done nothing. So we've been driven to inaction. That permission by a powerful Yoda Yoda man and leader at the university meant that I could go into the space and try. Yeah. As the well-intentioned white woman, which is probably only marginally better than the well-intentioned white man. No offence, Russell. <laughs> It's not a nice label, but that's what I am. I'm a, I'm a well-intentioned white woman is learning how to be on country with respect by pulling in and listening more because we did invade this country. That's amazing perspective to have. And I think we are lucky to have you. Since you joined the university in July 2019, what do you think are some of the milestones that you have achieved in your le- leadership roles and in M-Space with respect to Indigenous affairs that you would like to share with us some some ongoing projects um, that the wider university, the wider faculty and the audience, the public audience that might listen to this podcast can get involved in. Uh, Specifically, I understand that there is this discourse around the voice um, and uh, the broader Indigenous affairs in the the community. So what would you like to share with us with respect to those those milestones and ongoing projects? I think one of the most exciting things that we've been able to work on through the Reconciliation Network, which everyone would be really wonderful if you joined, jump onto the university link and hit apply to join. Um, One of the most exciting things is that we've been working toward um, cultural training or, or Indigenous cultural awareness and safety training for university staff and students. So university wide approaches to um, on board people in, in indigenous cultural humility because at the moment we can when we join the university we know how to lift a box from a shelf but we don't have any indigenous training I like that comparison or cultural that comparison. awareness training yeah. that that that's something that's being worked through with Chancellor and it's fantastic to be part of you know albeit peripherally at you know but part of that project um, to, to get that onboarding happening because I think that's really, really important. We are, I, you know, I keep saying I'm a settler on country that isn't mine and the university is on Wiradjuri country, on the lands of the Woiwurrung. The more settler, the more immigrant understandings of our shared complex, very disturbing past is important. One of the other things we're doing at M-Space, as I said, is about um, making the place a culturally safe place to work for an Indigenous colleague, and that is to understand what the history was. You know, what was colonisation? How did it happen? What is terra nullius? How can it possibly be that, you know, the Royal Society and Joseph Banks made a call that the land was free to colonise to solve their problem of over... I was going to say housing. wasn't housing. Convicts on the hulks sitting on old shipwrecks on the Thames and therefore bring them to Australia to to develop a penal colony. In the Endeavour Diaries from the, I think, 23rd of January, 78 or 1770, 1770, 
Um, Joseph Banks writes that the Indigenous peoples waved their shields, waved their lances at us to be gone in speaking in a harsh-sounding language. You know, there's a journal entry that speaks to... The 23rd of April, 1770, speaks to people being here. So terra nullius is untrue. It wasn't no one's land at all. People who had been living here as the oldest living peoples on the planet. Absolutely. With respect to increasing awareness about the um, history of our Indigenous people in Australia at M-Space... You mentioned some kind of training or, for example, you have the movie that you're going to show. Are there specific trainings that you have designed or any mechanisms? And do you think that they could be also used um, across across the university? Uh, there are many Indigenous-led programs in faculties that are remarkable. Um, one of the projects that we worked on was to do an audit of what subjects were being indigenous indigenous led subjects were being taught that 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 work is remarkable so it's not just happening in m space by any means there's there's terrific work going on um dylan dewar michelle evans down at willen at fine arts and music um with Tiriki and megan mcpherson um tip of the iceberg so there's many things going on. I am working currently um, with Chancellery as part of the Goulburn Valley Strategy on an anti-racism course, which is going to be in a microcert format. And um, so that, that course will be freely available um, for university and externals to engage with racism and approaches to being anti-racist. And the microcert offer is a really interesting one because it, you, it allows um, someone to come into training that's only 42 hours long, which is inclusive of face-to-face webinars or synchronous webinars, online learning materials, self-directed learning and assessment. Um, but it's work-related. And so you bring your workplace with you. I always think a student brings themselves into a room anyway. But in these learning assets, you really bring your workplace with you. So we're hoping that that anti-racism um, training, alongside the work that's being done on treaty through arts, there's four microcerts there, and four microcerts from the Willen suite, online cultural literacies, that that package of microcerts can really inform the broader community, the businesses, the cultural organisations, universities and individual learners that might engage with those. So these micro-certificates or micro-certs, who are they designed for? Who can enrol in those micro Anyone. Anyone can enrol. We've had great success with treaty currently. The Victorian government is, has commitment, as we know, to treaty. And so we've been, there's been a lot of work, a lot of courses have been delivered out to government departments in that space. But they're basically free for anyone, free, you are able to to enrol uh, in them uh, at a a cost Um, and uh, they are based on uplifting your own skills in your own industry Um, and of course the Indigenous ones mean that you you bring those knowledges into the space. So I've done the form Willen microcerts, the online cultural literacies, acknowledgement to country, sharing Indigenous knowledges, Indigenous creative and cultural intellectual property and community research, Indigenous community research 
and they have really grounded my ability to begin to be active in this space, to consult, continue to consult, to continue to iterate your practices, to continue to consult, to self-reflect, to remember your own country, to give back to community, mm. to undertake work respectfully, to listen deeply, not to jump to conclusions and make, you know, my white privilege is way out in front. I'm also tall. I'm big and white and tall and old and, you know, oldish young at heart and and that privilege you know I have to recognize that and pull it back and work on that in this space one thing I always wonder about specifically for topics and trainings that are related to diversity and inclusion is that how can one ensure that the topics that are taught are, to some extent, I'm not expecting fully, are going to be ingrained within oneself and practice. Um, do you think it is going to be realistically? Um, I'm hoping it will at least raise awareness and also will be practiced. But also, what else can be done from our perspective in the university and also in the society in order to make sure that this will be in continued work from the, these microsites and what you're doing at M-Space to the broader, broader community? I think it's up to the individual to be open. We, we need to be open and, and vulnerable to the history of Australia and it's uncomfortable and we have to tell our truths we have to listen and we have to heal and we have to commit to engaging with Indigenous peoples respectfully in a way that is the way they want to be heard. And I think for me, the voice gives us that. What's interesting about the will and microserts that I undertake, as you spoke about embodiment and owning that, we undertook creative Indigenous creative practices as we went through the learning. So I learned to make string from reeds and grasses I learned to make fishing nets and, the, and learned to weave. I learned to dye from natural plants, all led by Indigenous elders who gave permission for us to do so, um, understanding that these practices were undertaken on particular countries, whether it was water, saltwater country, freshwater country, and so on. Great privilege to have those knowledges shared with me. In some instances, I'm not allowed to share those with anyone else. It's not my job. I was allowed to... Um, bear witness, to practice, to engage with those practices, but not to teach them on. In other contexts, we were told, sure, share it. Auntie and Carolyn, uh, no, wait, Carolyn Briggs, Dr. Carolyn Briggs, said to us, learn language, go and speak some. Um, I did give an acknowledgement to country in language, of Bunmarang language, because she gave permission to do so. Uh, I'm not about to put an email signature with a Wiradjuri sign-off because it's not my language. And um, my colleague, the beautiful Rebecca Quinn, said, to, you know, many of, as uh, she said, many mob don't have language, so why should you be using it? So even in my own experience, I've got two different, not conflicting, just different pieces of information that I deal with respecting both of them um, and what we do have to remember is that Indigenous Australians are from over 300 different countries and it's not one homogenous group um, 
And so we have to respect and tread lightly and continue to be alert and aware and open to learning. And if we get it wrong, we get it wrong, but change, fix it. You're not going to get it right. I mean, this, this podcast itself is on the terrifying scale of about 10 because, you know, there's so many ways in which you can get it wrong. And so I'm open to feedback and to, you know, any listeners comment, you know, like I'm willing to learn, but we have to be willing to learn yeah. and be in the river. The Woolen Suite was designed on the meta- with the metaphor of the river at its heart. So I'm in the river. I've, I'm not on the shore. I'm not standing there scared to get in. I'm in. I'm wet. I'm cold. I'm swimming. I'm struggling. I'm in the flow. But I haven't landed. I'm not out the other side. I'm running over the, the rocks at the bottom at times. Sometimes I stand. I slip on a rock. I get it wrong. So I think, you know, we've taken that metaphor of the river quite beautifully as we were designing the Will and Sweet. I had the privilege, of course, to be part of part of designing it, helping it get it through its governance process and then doing them. I tell you what, designing an assessment and doing an assessment, vastly different things, just note to self. Nah, I hear you. <laughs> and I, I think it's so important that one lets themselves to make mistakes and learn from them and apply them. That's how we live. That's how we learn in life. So we make mistakes and we learn from them and then we do it again. We might make mistakes again. That's my design background. Because if you if you build the building without making a mistake, then it'll fall down when it's, you know. You, you, the iterative process means that you have to push yourself into places that are uncomfortable, into liminal spaces where there's abstraction and lack of clarity. Um, find a way and then iterate till it improves. I don't aim for perfection. I always aim just to improve a little bit from where I was before. Or if I do go back and fail, fail is wonderful. Is to give lectures on failure and how important it is. If you're going to fail, do it at uni. Do it when you're studying. Doing it, do it spectacularly here. And just try not to fail too much when you're in the workforce where you've got, <laughs> you've got commercial, commercial and uh, employment ramifications. But, yeah, no, experimentation. Um, we're currently experimenting with AI at M-Space and we've created Tiriki's father's beautiful drawing of Captain Curry, which um, Lynn Onis designed for Tiriki as a young boy because there was no black superheroes. So we, you know, walking out of his door a few months ago, I said, Captain Curry, can we have him to play with? Sure, I own the copyright. And because there's a level of trust there, um, Tiriki said, yeah, sure, play with him. So our team at M-Space have brought him into life through various programs using AI and Midjourney and ChatGPT to run scripts and so on and as a testing space for Tiriki to see Captain Curry brought to life. So from an, an, um, an animated, from a non-animate, inanimate artefact on a wall to a 3D moving, talking figure and action figure. So we're, we're right in the zone with Tiriki, currently designing Captain Curry's potential superpowers. Of course, he may not have a superpower, and we can't assume, um, but he's really beautiful. Um, well, Tiriki's beautiful, but Captain is really beautiful. So our artists and designers down at M-Space have been... Working with that, um, Nathan Kylo and Jack Murta and Dave Metzella, Patrick Jennings, 
Sean McAlpine and led by uh, Lorna Morrow and led by Sam Hasty. So we've really we're really having fun. That's amazing, and the fact that you're using the latest uh, technologies and developments, AI and ChatGPT, is pretty cool. Um, so no, I'm I'm really glad to hear that. And just for the reference, can you let us know? The scale of the operations of M Space. How many employees are there? Uh, what is the goal and objective of M Space within University of Melbourne, and how engaged it is overall uh, within the broader university and outside of university? M Space, we're a hundred people. We have a variety of teams. We support the lifelong learning ambitions of the university. So the, you know, drum roll for profit um, arm of the university, where people come and upskill undertake short courses, microcerts, and we do have some accredited courses that we also run out of M-Space. But we're really blessed to have, you know, a video production team and a studio to draw on. We have learning designers who can engage with embodied learning, and we're currently working on an assessment project where we're really, my colleague Dave Senior and I are blowing up traditional assessment and um, recrafting assessment that's fit for purpose, connected to industry, and really engages with an embodiment that's unusual, I think, for the university, working on that with Andrew Buntin and Matt Tinker, the lead learning designer as well. So there's all of that. Um, We've got student support team that really, really, truly care about students' experience and onboarding them into our courses and caring for them. Um, graphics teams, um, project officers, project managers, and then a series of um, academic directors. So I'm academic director curriculum and transformation. We have an academic director for innovation, um, Joseph, associate professor, um, Josephine Lang, associate professor Tangerine Holt looks after our commercial, and um, associate and associate professor Femke Bushman Pilman looks after the medical side of things. So we've got an inversion of the average faculty in or school in that we have few academics and much greater operational team um, that with the general manager Owen Shemansky who works with Simon Bell to to look after that side of um, M-Space. So we're, we're makers. Um, we make educational assets. And Captain Khoury therefore in this innovation project that we're working on will be embedded into the Will and Sweet learning um, assets. So when a learner comes in, perhaps even from another country or from across Australia, they'll be able to engage with this Yorta Yorta superhero he will, who will be engaging with them in aspects yet to be defined by Tiriki. Um, but it may be that he talks to us about what it feels like to be on country or through the virtual world takes us out to Yorta Yorta country and we get to stand on the banks of the Dungala and feel country and so on in a virtual way. That's amazing. I mean, um, when I first um, started my studies in Australia as an international student, obviously, coming from Iran, I noticed that uh, we weren't taught much on Indigenous affairs. And there is, there has been ever since um, I studied in Sydney, this, there has been this niche or this vacuum that um, us as international people, and later on Australian citizens, obviously, weren't very much taught about what has been happening. So I came upon some documentaries on SBS or like scattered programs here and there online on 
on and broadcasting channels in Australia, but there wasn't anything cohesive to, as a student, let me know, this is the history, this is the origins, indigenous origins, and um, this is what has been happening. And it's really reassuring, at least for me, to know that the M space and the university are taking this seriously for our cohort of the students to to provide necessary necessary learning for the students to know those origins. My question is, though, these teachings are they specific to M space students, or can they be? Um, anyone from the broader university is it is it offered in the broader university is it offered in person or online how accessible is it to overall so the microsets are available for anyone to enroll in whether you're a full-time student staff member or member of the public each faculty is working on their own indigenous plans and strategies we have a wrap plan that we've got that we've been working toward, toward which is now being um, superseded by um, Provost Chancellor um, Professor Barry Judd's Indigenous Strategy, which is a powerful document which continues with that work. And in that strategy, um, which I've had the privilege of being able to offer um, insights on. Uh, these cultural know- knowings are foundations for how we move forward. So the, the writing of the book about Australia's Indigenous history, well, the university's Indigenous histories is part of the truth-telling aspects of the university's history, which is a contested one and complex one. We have buildings that are currently named after eugenicists um, and race scientists, which is Nazis, among others, which is just completely inappropriate and makes walking into them for Indigenous students and staff traumatic. And so we're working on that building name project. We, the the Indigenous Elders Advisory Group, are working on that project. Um, but my colleague Rebecca and I are supporting advocacy for that from grassroots positions. So there's a lot of work going on in the university in this space. It's, it's, um, M-Space is one of many um, faculties and schools that are working powerfully to, to drive Indigenous knowledges for all to understand them. And, but, we, but to understand the Indigenous knowledges, we first have to grapple with the, our own history and note that we're, we're working inside of an institution which, is, which privileges the white person. It was built on white structures. It was built with policies and procedures that um, advantage non-Indigenous peoples. Um, and I think we've got an opportunity to rectify and to sh- reshape and I'm just really thrilled to have a tiny part, tiny wee part for the moment while I'm co-chair, non-Indigenous of Reconciliation Network Committee, to, to be part of that conversation is a great privilege. And yeah, I'll get it wrong. I will continue to get it wrong. But um, to put my well-intentioned white settler person into the space bravely and say, how can I, what, what do you need me to do? That sounds great and encouraging. And thank you for that. Tell us about 
whether you have other initiatives with respect to indigenous people or with respect to other diversity and inclusion topics at MSpace or in the broader university that you would like to share with us? Well, I do. And, you know, get a cup of tea and get your sleeping bag, but um, I'll try and be quick. So where the reconciliation work, we're working on truth-telling, healing and voice. In the broader DNI space, um, M space, we're lucky. We're a hundred people, and as deputy head of school, um, I've been given the people and purpose pillar. Say that quickly, people and purpose pillar, um, to look after um, how we engage with our employees, our staff, and so the diversity and inclusion committee at M space is is strong. It's we're really keen. Um, there's about. 16 to 18 people who join we've work, been working on a glossary of terms we have these long teams debates about is that the right word do we use it this way no 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 i heard this this article says this no no, no. we can't use that word yes we can use that word oh goodness and we're, so we're, we're finding our way through um terminology we um my my big thing at the moment is to destigmatize um, menstruation and menopause i mean half the planet more than half the planet bear children and yet the biological devices that devices wrong word the biological frameworks in which those children are born are, are highly stigmatized and so um M-Space is keen to support um, uh, the university's um, work with the EBA to try and get menstruation leave in, working with Melissa Stewart um, on those sorts of projects where we might get 12 non-consecutive days leave um, and so on. So even M-Space, you know, having... We were so lucky to have leaders like Simon and Owen who were like... Yeah, we need to do more about menstruation and menopause. I mean, I've never heard my two bosses, you know, my, my boss and my colleague speak about menstruation before, but now we are, you know. So these uncomfortable, well, what were uncomfortable topics we're trying to destigmatise. Uh, the other things we're doing, of course, is for um, LGBTQIA+. I'm wearing, proudly wearing my trans lanyard. Yes. <laughs> they, them, lanyard. Um and again, you know, getting it wrong, trying, trying to get it right. Um, we've um, got a diversity inclusion, to inclusion guideline that we're working through. Um, one of our projects is the posters. So we've got, you know, a poster f about what, how women benefit at M-Space, what sort of leave obligations, uh, opportunities are there for them, how many women. There's about 62% of women managers at M-Space. Um, so that's great. We've done one on trans. We're grappling with neurodiversity at the moment and what is and what isn't neurodiversity. Are depressive illnesses connected? We've we think we've fallen on some ways in which to define neurodiversity, which is, you know, power empowering. So someone can say, yeah, hey, I'm, I have autism or I am this, if they want to identify. If they don't want to identify, then the place is safe to to be we we want people in space to be able to come to work and be themselves bring yourself to work day maybe not all of yourself maybe not all of the time but um, i'm a real believer in the fact that you if you bring your whole self or can bring your whole self to work then you'll you don't have to be frightened is a fear-free 
place to work. And without fear, you can be creative. And when you're being creative and collaborative, you can be productive. Um, and so that, that's our, our DNI frameworks that we're sort of Absolutely. working on for that. But there's a, about a million other projects which <laughs> which we may not have time for. Um, we definitely would like to touch base with you again down the track later this year, toward the end of this year, to to hear about how the current projects that you've mentioned are faring. And also, what are the, some of the other projects that M-Space doing in the DNI on the DNI domain? Specifically, when you mentioned, I know that in the faculty, the committee for DNI is working on in <clears throat> Indigenous affairs, LGBTQI, disability affairs, but neurodiversity that you mentioned is fascinating topic and is a topic that at least in the faculty and probably the university that should be more focused on. Um, but also one thing that I wanted to ask about is about the engagement of the broader community with M-Space, except for the micro-certificates or micro-certs. What are some other ch- uh, channels that anyone who is listening to this podcast today can express interest to get involved with M-Space and contribute or overall get involved? So M-Space works for the university to create online learning assets. We don't necessarily have a front door. We don't have a, an externally facing um, context at the university. However, we do f- we do work with industry. So we've been working with Belong and with Telstra. We've been working with the National Indigenous Agency of Australia. We've been working with um, Unilever Indonesia. Um, and... So our, our external faces, face is through those industry contexts. And so we bring, for example, at the beginning of every microcert, we now have a recorded acknowledgement to country and support systems for academics to do an acknowledgement to country based on their own discipline, which is being explored in the microcert. As that goes out to industry, we're therefore training others to see how you might create a um, fit-for-purpose, unique acknowledgement to country in which your own positionality is engaged with, um, where you're informed about the aspects of country that might relate to your topic. So our external face is is threaded in slightly more unusual ways, I guess, than the broader faculties which have faces into research, faces into employment, work integrated learning and so on. So, yeah, we're, we're in a slightly different space. Absolutely, I understand. But also you're working with other businesses in order yes. to, um, to disseminate. Our influence is through business and through the Golden Valley strategy. Um, what does the future look like? Bright. I'm going to close by I just <laughs> looking down at my one of the uh, pages from the Diversity and Inclusion Guideline. And I'm th- I've seen courage and kindness embodied through diverse voices. So that might be a place to... Uh, to stop yeah thank you so much melissa or to start to keep going place to keep going stop for the podcast probably <laughs> and keep going with the work absolutely thanks so much for having me to talk to you today meadow it's terrific thank you for your great work take care and talk to you soon thank you for listening and please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast series please also reach out let us know what you think and whether you'd like to contribute to plus one podcast series